0: Well, you may be seated. <laughs> just, just a joke. When you're when you're in a room of emptiness. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well. How are you doing? You know, I read the comments after, so put in the comments. I want to know how's everyone doing. What are you struggling with? Are there things you're struggling with? Put it down there so we can pray. You know, you know, we all go through. Um, difficult seasons and hard times. And you know what? We have a family, a community around us. God put in place for us to hold each other, for us to pray for each other, for us to comfort each other and love one another. And so if you're struggling with something, let me know how you're doing. Put it in the comments. If you're doing great, put it in the comments. I I wanna see how everyone's doing. I, I miss you guys. I don't get to hug you. So what would be great is to know how you're doing. I see you show up and online and I miss you like crazy. So um, we're going to start again in Deuteronomy. Surprise, surprise. I I will get out of it someday. I'm just not sure when. So uh, we're in Deuteronomy 8 and I'm going to start in verse 1 and I'm going to read a little bit of the text and then we'll kind of break it up from there. So verse 1, it says, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and he let you hunger and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you, know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart, as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord God disciplines you. Can you turn the piano down in this monitor over here, please? And the pad, I think it's the pad just having some sound issues and it's our own fault because we were talking and having a good time before service and didn't do sound checks so so it's all on us <laughs> so let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you for the scripture we thank you god that you've given it to us and it's true man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the father and father we need a word from you father it is your words that sustain us it's your words that keep us going it's your words that breathe life on us And so, Father, speak to us today. Speak to our hearts. We want to know what you would say to us. So we open our hearts to you, our ears, our eyes, our lives, to the revelation of the Spirit. Father, we love you. Surround us today with your presence, with your love, with your goodness. Speak to our hearts, God. Father, I thank you for your anointing and your gracing to speak the words that you would have me speak. A vessel, use me. So we'll start in verse one again, and it says this The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. So he's saying, All of the commands, that I give are for you to live, to multiply, and to go in and possess the land. That when God gives commandments, when He gives things for us to follow and for us to obey, the reasoning behind it is for us to live, Right? He says, I I want you to, he says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So it's for you to live. And then it's for you to multiply. He says, I want you to obey these things so that multiplication comes from your life. So that you bear more fruit. Right? And so that you will go in and possess the land. These things that I'm requiring of you or asking of you are so that you can get to the promised land. So he's saying these things. I think of when you're pruning a tree, and even if it's a healthy tree, you still prune the tree. Why? So that it lives, number one. Also, so that it multiplies and bears more fruit. So these are the things he's saying. Now verse two, it says, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? That He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep His commandments or not. So we all go through wilderness experiences. We, we go through them. We go through highs. We go through lows. We go through wilderness experiences. And in those wilderness experiences, it humbles us. It, it shows us for sure, when you're going through a wilderness experience, it'll show you for sure what's going on in your heart. And so you you go through these periods of time. Now let me just clarify when I say wilderness experience, what am I talking about when I say wilderness? Wilderness is hard times when times aren't going as great as you you thought that they would go, that you weren't on this high, and then you have your mountaintop experiences. And your mountaintop experiences is where you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Life is going so great. I can't even believe it. And then there's your wilderness where we've all gone through them. This is life. We will all go through these at some point in time and then we will come out of it and then we will go back in. This is, this is life, okay? So you go through wilderness and it's like things just aren't adding up. You know, you're just, you're trying to get through but things just don't seem to be going great all the time. Uh, they're wilderness type experiences where you're really having to trust God. You know, maybe you, you're losing friends or your finances aren't going great, or um, you know, you're, you're maybe going through a rocky time in, in relationships or any of those kind of things. You're just, you feel like you're struggling. These are wilderness type experiences and we all go through them. Wilderness experiences is a place where you often feel very alone and you feel very spiritually dry. I think that we can all say that we've gone through this places. It's not that you stop believing in God. It's just like, you're like, ugh, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I, I'm trying to, you know, feel this and I'm not feeling it. I'm looking for revelation and I'm not getting it. And I, that, that's a time of wilderness where, where God is revealing the things that is in your heart. Wilderness experiences often follow mountaintop experiences. It's where things are, things are going great and then suddenly they're kinda not. And so, you know, you can look in the Bible, you think of, um, uh, the Israelites, right? They're coming out of Egypt and they're super, you know, they're out, they're slave, they're, they were slaves and now they're not and they're coming out and they saw God move and it's amazing and it's all these wonderful things and wow, and then suddenly they're led into the wilderness. And now suddenly they're led in this place where they're having to trust God, where they're having to look to God, where things in their heart are being revealed. You think of Jesus, Jesus, same thing. He had a mountaintop experience, a great experience where He comes out and it's almost like this kind of coming out where where He's being revealed and He shows up and John the Baptist says, this is Him, this is Jesus, this is the one, the Savior. And so Jesus has this moment and He shows up and then He gets baptized and the heavens open and God shows up and says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Things are great. And then if you look in Matthew four, verse one, it says, and then immediately after that, he was led into the wilderness by the spirit, led him into the wilderness. Wilderness experiences that we all go through. So I wanna talk about, I want to, obviously I'm going to talk about wilderness experiences today. But I wanna wanna show you some of the reasons why or or some of the times that we're going through these hard time experiences or wilderness experiences is for a few different reasons. And one is because God is wanting um, to reveal you. He's he's waiting for the perfect time to reveal you. That He has something that He's got for you to possess, but you're in this season of preparation before He can reveal you of his call and his purpose. John the Baptist did just this. He he was in the wilderness and, and the Father was grooming him in the wilderness. He was being prepared for what he was called to do. He was learning the presence of God. He was learning humility. He was learning uniqueness, as we know that John the Baptist was a very unique person, right? He lived in the wilderness and so he was learning to to be okay with who he was. That he wasn't going to be one of those ministers that ministered at the temple, that ministered in the synagogue. He was gonna have to be okay that God was giving him a word that seemed to be going opposite of what everyone else was speaking. He was learning to hear from the presence of God and it was done in the wilderness. The other one is God is positioning you for greater power. that that there's stuff that He's got for you to do, but there's things, there's fruit that needs to be produced in your life so that when you get to that place, you're able to handle it, that there's greater power. Jesus, same thing, He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, and then if you look in Luke 4.14, it says, He came and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and report about Him went out throughout the surrounding country. He came out of the wilderness, and he, another version says that He was armed with power, and you know what He did immediately? After that, He started healing the sick, raising the dead, Casting out demons. He came out of the wilderness armed with power. So a lot of times we go into the wilderness and, and again, he's producing fruit that will carry you, stuff that you're going to need to do when you come out of the wilderness. So it's producing a greater power in you. David spent a lot of time in the wilderness. Just like John the Baptist, he was also groomed in the wilderness. He learned the presence of God. While he was tending sheep, he learned the presence of God. He learned learned how to um, go after God's heart. He learned obedience. He learned surrender. He learned to fight battles in the wilderness. He learned what it was like to fight bears and, and lions, which would eventually take him to one place where he would fight giants. He learned these things in the wilderness. He also, when he, when he uh, was, when Saul was after him, same thing. He went back to the wilderness and greater power was being produced in him because he would need it for the season to come. He would need it for the season to come. Another reason why you go into wilderness experiences is to bring out the things that are in your heart that needs to be dealt with, like unbelief, unforgiveness, pride, rebellion, that those things, when, when, when we're living th- at mountaintop experiences, a lot of times it's easy for us to ignore our heart because things are just going great. But when things begin to go hard, that's when you begin to kind of dig deep. And that's when God will begin to bring up the things that are in your heart and and deal with them so you have unbelief or rebellion or offense. And see, he needs those things dealt with because on your way to the promised land, when you get to the promised land, if those things in your heart say unbelief and rebellion aren't dealt with, you won't be able to be sustained there. You can get to the promised land, but you won't be sustained there because of the unbelief in your heart. I I heard it said like this, I don't even remember who said it. But it says a baby, he said a baby born before its time can be dangerous. Dangerous to the baby. It's, they're meant to be carried to full term. And so we can want the promised land all we want, but there are things in our heart and our life that need to be dealt with so that when we get there, we can be sustained there. So I'm going to talk about some things while we're going through wilderness seasons, how we conduct ourselves, what do we do when we're in the middle of those type hard seasons, because they will come. This is life, they will come. See, a lot of times as as believers, um, we we think that, we even say it, we even kind of preach it like this, and, and we shouldn't, but we do, and God forgive us for that, but we say like, you know, if you know Jesus, life will be perfect. Life will be great. Nothing bad will ever happen. And that's not true. That's not true. Life is life. Life will come. There'll be hard times. But what you have when you have Jesus is you have the presence of a Savior. Knowing that you have the victory. Knowing that he's walking you through it. Knowing that you have hope in the middle of difficult situations. Knowing that there's a greater glory. Knowing that you'll get through it that you have somebody that gives you wisdom and revelation and understanding and how to get through those things. But wilderness seasons come and they they produce life. So one of the things that you do when you're in a wilderness experience is how you respond determines how long you stay. How you respond in the middle of a hard season determines how long you stay. You think of the Israelites, we can always point back to the Israelites, but you think of the Israelites, right? It was a three day journey. They were supposed to go through the wilderness in three days. It took them 40 years because they complained, because they had unbelief, because they had rebellion. Then you think of Jesus goes through a wilderness experience And and instead of him complaining, he speaks the word. He seeks God. He goes through it in 40 days. Another thing that you do is you don't rely on your feelings in the middle of wilderness experiences. You rely on the facts. That sometimes it may feel like God's not close or it may feel like you're all alone, but that's not the truth. You rely on the facts, you don't rely on your feelings. See, the enemy came in the middle of Jesus' wilderness experience and what did he do? He began to speak to him lies. He tried to twist truth to him, but Jesus stayed with the facts. No, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Father. He relied on the facts. So, so when you're going through wilderness experiences, don't go by your feelings. Your feelings are not your truth. The Word of God is your truth. Another thing that you do is you recognize that God's silence is not His absence. Now, let me, let me say this because I, I'm a firm believer that God doesn't just stop talking to you. I don't think that He, I don't think that he does stop talking. But there are things that you will seek God about and He will be silent about until it's time. There are times where I have been in wilderness experiences and I still hear Him tell me He loves me, He's proud of me, you know, you're you're wonderful. And I hear those things, but the thing that I'm seeking for, that's where I'm not hearing it. And it's like, God, I need you to speak, you know? And I know that we've, I know that there's many of you that have that same, like I'm just waiting to hear from a word and and He's not speaking. It does not mean that He's absent. I said this a couple of weeks ago, I listened to Bill Johnson one time and he said um, that, that when you're not hearing, when you're, when you're seeking God on a matter and you're not hearing Him speak, you keep doing the last thing that He told you to do. You just keep doing that last thing. It's the same thing here. When, when you're in the middle of wilderness experiences and you're waiting, like God, just keep doing, just keep on doing what the last thing was that He told you to do. The next one is keep on going. Keep on going. Don't stop. In, in Psalms 23, it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It says when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Through, we're going through, we keep on going. When you're in the middle of wilderness seasons, this is the, not the time to set up shop and lay down here. And a lot of times you feel tempted to because you feel alone. You know what? I just want to give up. That's setting up shop. I'm just going to quit here. I don't even want to do this anymore. This seems hard. This isn't fun. I thought that life would be different than this. And you want to stop. No, keep on going. You go through, you go through, you go through. Keep going through. Don't set up shop here. The wilderness is made to be gone, to, to go through, not to live in. The next one is understand that if you seek Him, you will find Him. In Deuteronomy 4, verse 9, it says, Those who seek the Lord will find Him. This is a promise. Those who seek Him, they will find Him. In Matthew 7, verse seven, it says, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. This is our promise that even when it seems like I've been abandoned maybe, and and those are the thoughts that I'm fighting, you keep seeking God because you will find Him. I've had many conversations with people and say, I tried to talk to him once, he didn't answer. Or, I see you have a relationship with God, Megan, I get it, that's something special that God has with you, but clearly He doesn't like me as much as He likes you. Not true, that's a lie, that is a lie. The Bible, there is a promise in it that says, if you seek Him, you will find Him. So what do you do? You keep on seeking you keep on showing up, you keep on talking to Him, you keep on studying the Word because I have a promise from God that says, if I seek Him, I will find Him. In Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I just gotta find God, I just I gotta have more of Him. I, I know that this may feel like a dry uh, time spiritually, but I have got to find God. And the Bible says you're blessed. Those people that hunger and thirst for Him are blessed. And then it says you will be satisfied. That's a guarantee, that's another promise. You will be satisfied by Him. So understand that while you're on this journey, you don't stop seeking Him, because you will find Him. Another one is keep on serving the Lord and others. You're suffering in the wilderness when it feels like you're going through hard times and you just wanna draw into yourself. You just you just want to stop everything because it hurts, or because you're because the journey hurts, or God's revealing stuff in your ha- in your heart, and you just want to pull back. This is not the time. You keep serving God, and you keep serving others. You keep seeking God, and you keep going after others. You have to understand that this is not the. It's not an excuse. The pain isn't an excuse. You need others. You need to serve. This is how you keep on going. This is one of the ways that you keep on moving forward. When Job, in in the Bible, when Job was losing everything, losing his family, losing his wealth, he was losing his health. Everything was going bad around him. You know what Job was doing? He was praying for his friends. When when Abraham was standing in believing God for, um, for the baby, for the promise in his old age, that God said, I will give you a son. And year after year after year goes by and he's believing God for it. Do you know what he was doing? Well, he was believing praying for his friends. Jesus, as he was being arrested and and taken away to go to the cross, do you know what he was doing? Healing the sick. You still reach out, you still keep going, you still keep serving, you just keep showing up, you just keep doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. Don't, don't draw back, don't draw into yourself. This one is a really good one. Remember to rest in the wilderness. And this is such a taboo thing. Because a lot of times, again, I I know I've said this um, before, but it is such a thing for us in our uh, world today that busy is is a, it's a good thing. Busy is a great thing. And so when we talk to each other and we say, how are you? Oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. And it's, it's just status quo. You should That's kind of almost like you should be busy. Can you imagine if someone came up to you and you said, how are you? And they're like, I'm just in a season of resting, I'm just really resting. We were like, what? Get to work. I can find things for you to do, right? But there's a place that God has. There are times and seasons where He says, it's time for you to rest. There's time to work and there's time to rest. And in wilderness seasons, when you're going through it, sometimes you will feel physically exhausted. And it's usually not because you're exhausted. It's because you're spiritually dry. You're spiritually drained. And also remember what is happening in the spirit usually affects your physical. So this is a great time to rest in His presence, to get in His presence and begin to be filled by Him. This is also a season where you tend to get into striving. You think that God will respond to you by your works and your own righteousness. So you're not feeling God. So you begin to work and try to do it on your own. You don't feel Him. So all of a sudden I must need to do more. I must start to, to earn His approval because clearly I'm not, I'm not doing enough. God must have turned His back on me or something. And so you begin to do all the things that you possibly can do. Don't do that. That's striving, that's striving. And striving will exhaust you and you are not meant to live from that place. You were meant to live from the place of rest in his spirit, of resting in his spirit. I want to talk to you for just a second about Elijah. In 1 Kings, uh, verse 19, Elijah, prophet, amazing guy, has done a whole bunch of miracles. Things were going great. Jezebel says, I want that guy dead. I'm going to kill him. And so, Je- and so Elijah goes running for his life. And he, and he takes off, I'll start in verse three, it says, Elijah was afraid and arose and ran for his life and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there, but he himself traveled a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and he sat down under a juniper tree and asked God that he might die. He said, it's enough now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. And then he laid down and he slept under a juniper tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, get up and eat. He looked and by his head there was a bread cake baked on a hot coal and a pitcher of water. So he ate and he drank and then he laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too long for you without adequate substance, sustenance. So he got up and ate and drank and with the strength that he, food he traveled for 40 days and nights to Horeb, to the mountain of God. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest in the presence of God. I want you to notice that in that story, the angel came, fed him, he went back to sleep. So he was sleeping and he was eating and he was regaining his strength. He was resting and and it's important that in wilderness times that that we're resting in his presence. Feasting on the Word of God. But one of the most important things is that you don't hide yourself from God in these moments, that you don't get into disappointment and discouragement and you kind of give up and you say, where were you anyways? Remember, you rely on the facts, not on your feelings. Look at what Elijah did. So he's, he's going on his journey and then it says, there he came to a cave and he spent the night in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing in here? Elijah. And and Elijah says, I have been very zealous, impassioned for the Lord God of hosts, armies. I'm proclaiming what is rightfully and and uniquely His for the son of Israel have abandoned, broken the covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I am left and they seek to take away my life. He begins whining, but God shows up and says, why are you in the cave, Elijah? Come out of the cave. Come out of the place. And a lot of times we do the same thing as we get into the wilderness and it's like, you know what? You know what? I just want to hide. Don't hide. Don't hide. Don't hide. Great, we're going through. We keep going through. In verse 11, he goes, and he said, go out and stand on the mount. This is God. Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Sometimes we look for God in the big things the crazy wild things that, you know, and He's there sometimes. But sometimes He takes us through wilderness experiences so that we know just how close He is to us. That we rely on Him, but recognize He is so close to me, so close that I can hear Him in a whisper. He's so close to me, that it's not just the big things I see Him in, It's the moments when I cry out to Him. It's the moments when I'm alone. It's the moments of quietness in my own life when I hear Him whisper to me. Don't hide from Him. Don't hide from Him. Don't hide from Him. i stop for a second and just wanna say that, back to that, keep on seeking Him. Keep on seeking Him that for some or for someone, I just feel like you, you've said that. You, it's like, I, I've done that. I don't know. I, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to go to God like you go to God, Megan. I don't know, listen to me. There's, there's no way. There isn't any rules that I could tell you. It's just go to Him and sit with Him and just keep doing it. Just keep doing it keep seeking him, you will find him and it will change your life. You will find him. You will be satisfied. Don't hide from him. Don't hide from him in your disappointment because he's the very thing that can heal. Everything else will just be covering it up. But he's the one that can heal that broken heart. Don't hide from Him. Keep on seeking Him. The next one is to understand that it's relationship with God, not a contract. You are not in a contract with God. Meaning that if you mess up somewhere along the way, the contract's broken and God says sayonara, see you later, I'm out. You broke contract with me. You are in relationship with Him. So many times we get back into this rhythm of religion rather than the rhythm of relationship, rather than the rhythm of grace that He's given us. And so we go into this this rhythm of religion where we'll slip back into it, especially in wilderness experiences. You'll slip back into it like, okay, I'm not feeling God. Remember we stick to the facts, but I'm not feeling God. So then I must have to pray harder. I must have to read my Bible more. I must, I must have to do more for God. He must not be looking at me because I'm just not doing it. That is a rhythm of religion. And that is not what He paid the price for. He paid the price that you would have a relationship with Him. In in, in um, the Message Bible, it says, um, that there's a rhythm of grace and He says, work with me, walk with me, work with me, see how I do it. That's an invite to come alongside and live from Him, not living to earn His approval. You already have it. You already have it. So understand that when you're in wilderness experiences, rest, relax, understand that you're in relationship, He's with you, He's walking with you. You're walking through it. You're going through. You're going through. You're going through. I heard this and Charity brought it up. Apparently she likes to read my notes ahead of time or something and preach my messages. Um, But she talked about feeling guilty about, um, you know, maybe not praying that day or whatever. And I I heard this quote and, and I wanted to say it to you. It says, Christians should never feel guilty about missing prayer, about missing reading their Bible. They should never feel guilty about it. They should feel hungry, but they shouldn't feel guilty. There should be something that's missing, but not not feel guilty about it. That's not the heart of God. I missed a meal, so I'm hungry, but I don't feel guilty. So don't get into religion while you're in the wilderness, seek God. Another one is don't make permanent decisions in wilderness experiences. There is often brokenness in wilderness. There's often a place where you're coming from, you know, a place of brokenness. And when there's brokenness, you kind of see things half lit or half dim, whatever, whichever glass, half full glass, half empty. And so you're not seeing clearly. So don't make big decisions. You know, you think of the, the um, Israelites where they're like, you know what, we're gonna go back to Egypt. It was better there. Yeah, they weren't seeing things clearly. That would have been a terrible idea. You don't make big decisions in wilderness experiences. And lastly, stay steady, stay steady. God is pruning areas of your life so that more fruit can be produced. You just stay steady. I'm gonna walk through this. I'm gonna keep my eyes on God. Psalms 139 verse seven says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I descend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed and shield, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Understanding the fact is, is that He is with you on the mountain He's with you in the wilderness. He's with you in the valley. He's walking with you. Now look at this, verse three. Verse three, excuse me, of Deuteronomy, verse, or chapter eight, verse three. This is, I'm saying, and he, after they'd walked through the wilderness, he says, and he humbled you and let you hunger, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you known that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you. Your foot did not swell these 40 years." He's saying, you you made it through the wilderness, but understand that even while you were going through what seemed like hard times, I was taking care of you. I was taking care of you. And they learned that, that they're fed by God that it's not just them that lives because of them, but that they're sustained by God Himself. And they walked in the wilderness knowing, coming out of it knowing God kept you together, He fed you, everything was okay, you came out, you came out. Now look, then the verse, last verse, it says, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, The Lord God disciplines you. In Proverbs, it says that He disciplines those He loves. I think it's Proverbs. I could be wrong, but He disciplines those He loves. That we go through pruning. We go through where He he cuts things out of our life that shouldn't be there. We go through refining processes. We go through wilderness experiences. All that seem like, oh, this kind of hurts is because he loves you, because he's getting you to the promised land so that you would have life, that you would multiply, and that you would go in and possess the land, that you go through all of this so that once you get there, you're sustained because he loves you. And I I want to just point out that at the beginning of the verse, it says, no this in your heart, know this in your heart. So I I challenge you with this, that when hard times come, that you know in your heart that He walks with me, that He's working in me and He's doing everything because He loves me, because I'm cared for. All of this, all the journey, all of it is to produce life in me, to multiply me, and to get me to possess the promised land. Know this in your heart, that even though you're going through a hard time, He's with you. Know this in your heart, He loves you. Know this in your heart, He's producing fruit. Know this in your heart, you're taken care of. Know this in your heart, He's with you. He does never leave you or forsake you. Know this, know this in your heart. I love you guys.